You are now listening to The Oliver Manalise Show. I am your host, Oliver Manalise. On this show, we talk to purpose-driven leaders about their defining moments, the breakdowns before the breakthroughs, the moments of truth we can all relate with and apply in our own lives. On the show today is the dazzling, delightful Byron Van Pelt. Byron is a powerful coach and strategist for coaches looking to break the six-figure mark. He's been a huge source of inspiration and wisdom in my life, his genuine curiosity, abundant level of support and presence, and his willingness to pursue his goals relentlessly while staying true to himself is incredible. We talk about the coaching industry, attracting your resident clients, what it means to raise your rates, self-worth, and how you're worth way more than you think, the life of being a coach, genuine marketing, and much, much more. As you can tell from the episode you're about to listen to, we have a ton of fun together. We riff off of each other, and I know each experience of Byron will bound to have many fruits of wisdom and insights for you. So it is with pleasure I present to you my conversation with Byron Van Pelt. Welcome to another episode of the Oliver Manalise Show. I'm your host, Oliver Manalise, and I am joined here with the amazing, the powerful Byron Van Pelt. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, man. What's up, man? Round two. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, last time you came on the show, it was, you know, it was one of the more profound conversations that I've ever been a part of. And... I think it still is, it still ranks at the top in terms of the depth of the conversation that we had. And uh, for people who haven't listened to it, I hope that you check it out and tune in because Byron goes deep into working in the personal development and coaching business in a way that was, I guess, morally and spiritually bankrupt for you. And, yeah. you know, you, you really let it go and reinvented yourself and you go into into the weeds with us into your thought process and, and how you kind of went about going through that change, that, that transformation. And uh, you had some interesting things happen after that show. Yeah, I did. A lot of cool stuff happened, man. Yeah. So somebody, somebody listened to that interview and said, wow, hearing your story inspired me so much. I need to step my game up. Uh, I want to hire you and, and I want to make a significant investment with you. Can I, can I pay you 30000 and work with you? And, and that came from listening to that interview. And it was somebody that I was already working with at a lower price point. They had grandfathered in to some of the new stuff I was doing and said, what I'm currently paying you is not enough. I need to step my game up. And I want to get more direct support this way just from that interview, man. So <laughs> it goes both ways, man. It was a hell of an interview on your half too. That's, that is just, it is so like, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that and to know that, you know, I was, you know, in some way a part of that, but just the fact that somebody who's already working with you gets so inspired from a conversation that they're willing to make a more, much more significant investment than they're already making, as opposed to like, Oh, well, I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, I got grandfathered in Well, like I'm getting, I'm, I'm really getting a deal. Then he could have just kept, kept going and, and you would have had, there would be nothing wrong with it for you. Yeah, because you were in integrity with his with with the agreement with them. That's just so uh, like that is freaking cool, man. Yeah, this is not something you hear every day, man. But hats off to you, man. That's why I'm glad to be back. The first interview I had with you, the level of questions that you were asking, the presence that you had, 
so night and day where the thing that I really can't stand doing is hopping on an interview that's like 30 minutes and there's no, it's like question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. But this man, there's just such an awesome flow. I feel like knowing you now for the past year, hard to believe it's already been a year. It's just been such a gift to me, man. So it's, it's truly my pleasure to be back with you, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And um, sit over the past year, since we first met, um, I want to share with the people who are tuning in that you've played a significant role in my growth and my development. Um, it's been monumental. Like the conversations that we've had kind of just informally just hanging out uh, were, you know, were motivating, inspiring. You always have such a great way at, at looking at life and looking at this, this business in particular. And then uh, more recently offering more advanced, more advanced support and also you know, partaking in one of your challenges, or I guess is your first challenge, yeah. which you titled um, 10 days to your first five figure client, mm-hmm. which, you know, a whole bunch of uh, established coaches hopped on there to really own their value, own their worth and get clear on, on their messaging. And um, I'm really, I'm, I'm seeing the results of that, you know, like, the other day, one of my clients mentioned to me that, uh, you know, when I, when I talk to him and I share some of the, you know, the, the metaphors and analogies that come from other sessions that I have, uh, he's just like, man, like, it sounds like you're taught, like all your, all the people you work with sound exactly like me. <laughs> yes. And that was the first time I've ever really heard that. And I was just like, damn right. It should be because I'm I, like, I'm understanding who I'm meant to be working with. I think that's really um, one of the biggest things that I've, uh, that I've gained from you is that level of clarity in terms of what I'm here to, uh, to, to offer and who it's for and who, it, and, and who it's not for. Whereas, you know, maybe just maybe a year and a half ago, I was a lot more broad, more open uh, to working with everybody for every type of result and kind of like having different experiences with people. Now it's getting more, more specified. And I'm, I'm really experiencing the fruits of that. And, and, uh, I genuinely am grateful and thankful that you're, that you're in my life and thanks for being a part of my journey, man. Yeah, dude, you're very welcome. I'm just, it's, it's cool. It's been really rewarding for me too, because this past year, two years has been about me dedicating so much of my life to creating meaningful results for people and not meaningful in a sense that there's an internal change, although that to me is the most meaningful, but also external results. In this case, going out and actually growing your business, specifically making more money, specifically landing your dream clients, and to hear people like you going out and doing that. And it's not a, yeah, Byron, I, I learned so much, I grew so much, I'm a better businessman now. But there's that, and hey, and here are the new clients that I was able to attract, and money that came in the door, and it's working for me. So that's that's to me what what I've been living for. And what's been most exciting for me and teaching people how to do it fast. And so to hear you rolling with it, that's been awesome, man. I'm a hats off to you for that. So if this is the, um, the first time people are getting to know you, I mean, the first thing I would say is you're, I would say you're a coach, but then I would, I would have to take that back. <laughs> because you're, you know, especially because of, you know, doing your, doing your course and, uh, you know, our, and our conversations it's, it's very, it's very clear to me that, you know, coaching is a portion of what both you and I do. Yeah. It's just a piece, you know, whereas before I think I would have identified with it and said, this is who I am. Coaching is who I am. And like, I just don't, 
I feel like it's 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 refreshing to to realize no, that's just a piece of what I do to help people get the results that they want. So I think I would say you're kind of to me. I would say you're you're a strategist. Mm-hmm. I think you are a messenger. Oh, I think cool. you're 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 a clarifier. You are somebody who trains. It's so tough to put people in categories, right? But, you know, I think you're an educator. Yeah, that's and, cool. You know, in, the, in the deeper sense, in the deeper sense that I think education, the, 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 the word comes from the idea that you are pulling out what is already from within. Yes. I think that kind of educator where you like peer through somebody's soul and you just pull out what's already there and just say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Like, can you, can you see it too? Yes. So I, that's how I would say it. But like, how, how would you introduce yourself these days? <clears throat> that's cool, man. I've never heard messenger. That, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I teach people and I, in the same way, because for years I was, I was a coach. I was a life coach. That's my background. I, I did coaching for six, seven years. Um, and so some people could say I was a business coach, life coach. Now, the past two years, my business is literally called Byron Van Pelt Coaching and Consulting. So I see myself as a hybrid. I'm a coach and a consultant. and I like to play in both worlds because I think we need both to create meaningful results. I think we need coaching because it's not just about do this step-by-step, follow my system, and you'll create the result. It is about listening to our intuition, right? It's about being in alignment with our purpose and knowing that there is ultimately no path. We have to carve that path of self. And our gut, our heart, our intuition, our spirit, whatever you want to say, that actually knows more than anything. So a good coach, like you said, just helps bring that to the surface. But at the same time, there are things that we don't know that we don't even realize that would be very helpful for us to get a better hand on. So as a consultant, there is lots of teaching that I do. There's lots of training and guidance with more of the practical, hey, when you take your intuition and you get to a point where you are being congruent, meaning you're showing up doing something you really love and you know exactly who you love helping and all that is lining up. And now you have more of the practical side of actually growing a business that's when you really hit six figures and beyond. And that's when it's been the greatest joy for me to be able to do both for people. And so I, I really eschew the category of, Hey, I'm a coach or a consultant to me. I'm both. And I'm also a hybrid. I'm like none of the above at the same time. You don't know, like when you, when you um, present your work, your body of work in such a direct and specific way, it's uh, like, it's very clear, right? It's very clear, but also, I don't know if you ever get any pushback from people or you've ever th- thought of the idea. It's like, should I really be you know, talking about six, becoming a six-figure coach and landing these five-figure clients and making it all about money? And do, do, you have, do you ever have those thoughts swirling in your head or people coming up to you and it's like, hey, it's not just about money. And you know, I, know, I know I've had kind of some resistance around uh, speaking to the fact that, you know, I have a lot of clients who do, they, they triple quadruple their, their income or, or even more. Um, but I, I don't really put that in the forefront of how I market my work. Cause that's not really what it's about. It's kind of like an after effect. I don't know. How would you, how do you address that to, to people, um, that want to work with you or just like kind of watching your journey? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think you and I were even talking about this before we went live. Ultimately, I feel like 
I want to create something that I know will be meaningful for my dream client, what I call like a resident client, someone that energetically, if I was to sit down with them and hang out, I could do it for hours on end. They're not going to burn me out. They're not going to tire me. Uh, it's somebody that I would see genuinely as a friend and as someone I could help and support. So if, if a person doesn't fit that criteria, I don't do business with them, period. I don't care who they are or how much they want to pay me. But there's also the demographic component, which is knowing what my market actually wants and values and what they want to pay for. And so for me, my market values very much making financial progress, specifically making meaningful financial progress where it's not just about, yeah, like they, they make more money and put it in the account, but they work with people that just give them nothing but joy, where if they were to be honest, they would do it for free. But because they, they love the work and they also value themselves, of course, they want to be paid for it too. And so in talking, you know, an early thing that I did, I shared this in my, my challenge, I actually sat down and talked to 150 coaches who were in my market because I help coaches grow their business. And I just asked them over and over again, what do you want? What are you tired of? What are you, what are you longing for? What are you afraid of? And I had this conversation over 150 times the first year of my business. And they all started telling me some of the same things. I want to learn how to land clients consistently. I'm tired of this yo-yo syndrome where some months I'm like feasting and then the next month it's a famine. Some clients are coming in and then the next I'm broke. And, and there's this roller coaster of constantly both feeling like I'm amazing and then really doubting my value. I feel like I'm an imposter. I feel like my message get more clear. And so they all started saying a lot of the same things. The more I paid attention to making sure that these were the right type of people for me, the more I became dedicated to helping them create exactly those results. If they were telling me they wanted, they were telling me they were challenged with. And the reason I also chose that market wasn't just because I knew, hey, coaching is a growing industry. It's growing every year. Wow, there's a lot of people that pay for that. It's because I used to be a coach too. And the things that they were challenged with and stuck with, I was too. And not only that, the things that are pissing them off, piss me off too. And so there's, there's such a, a high degree of empathy. So if my market connecting with these types of clients began telling me, Byron, I, I really don't just want to make money. That's not important to me. What's most important is client transformation. How do I create the most meaningful client results? Then my message would pivot. But by and large, what my market is telling me is I'm a rock star at what I do. I'm awesome. My bank account just doesn't show it yet. So can you help me? And so when I show up that way, I have yet to hear any person tell me it's not about the yeah. And you know what? I think it's, it, it's a relevant conversation to have. And I think um, it takes a lot to actually put it out there and, and promote yourself in that way. Very, very specifically, very clearly. Um, maybe there's, I think when people get to know you and, and see the work that you're actually doing with people, there's actually so much to do with, um, you know, self-worth, like mm -hmm. owning your unique value, owning your, um, owning what you're here to accomplish and actually like really reflecting on what are, what are the things that you've overcome and looking at that as, Hey, that's worth something. You know, this is, this is stuff that you've actually experienced and gone through. It's very, it's very different than um, like I, man, I get, I get these copy and paste emails and messages <laughs> all the freaking time. And it's just, gross to me like i need to take a shower after some of these messages where it just feels like scripted uh manipulative and just way too i can't even i can't even express the way i, I really feel about it on here because i don't want to get too much into it but 
yeah. like I think the the way that that you talk about it is in such a real um, deep and meaningful way, where you're just like, hey, no, this is like this is what it's really about. It's about you actually acknowledging, hey, you're worth something. Like you're you're there's so much value and and you don't you're not seeing it. It's like let me let me help you see it. As opposed to, hey, here's just here's like the step by step strategy, and follow this script, and this is going to turn into turn into money. Where it's just like, oh God, are are people not more sensitive and intuitive to that? Aren't people's BS meters just like off the, you know, just just yeah. beeping off the freaking thing, you know? So I don't know what what's your what's your experience with that? Because I know probably a lot, a lot of people have kind of gone through some of those. Um, this, you know, disastrous experiences and conversations and then come to you and then have like the results that, that, you know, so many people are experiencing. Yeah. I think there's, there's two sides to it. And I think very few people operate with genius in both sides. I'm not saying I do, um, but I, I've seen many cases where people have about half the equation, right? So the first equation is like the mind and the mind means that you're able to clearly articulate the value that you offer people and you also have like a step-by-step strategy so that when people come across you in your business, it's like, oh, all right, cool. I'm clear on what they do. I'm clear on the value they bring the table. Oh, nice. There's a nice system here. There's a step-by-step process. So if I was to give this person money, I understand at least I have an idea of what I get in return for that money, right? So that's a big part of it. That's also incidentally where coaches really struggle because most coaches are connected to the second piece, which is the heart which is all about let's see what shows up in the moment. Let's see where our intuition takes us rather than there being a step-by-step process. It's going to be more of let's just be real and honest and clear. And in that space that having those powerful conversations, see what emerges and it's gold every single time. That's the power of coaching. The challenge with that though, is that when people come across messaging that's like that, their brain doesn't get an understanding of what the person is actually offering in exchange for money. So in other words, most coaches, I came across one today, it was a perfect example where a coach was saying, I'm a mindset manifestation specialist. Um, I help you see things more clearly than you do to manifest the next level of your evolution. Now, like when we hear that as a coach, we're like, yeah, that's what I do. But the problem is like when people can't pay for that, because first of all, what the hell does that even mean? Like what are people- Esoteric. Yeah, like it means so many different things. I'm not saying it itself isn't. I'm sure it is actually really valuable, but it's so impossible to define. And so even though our heart might be curious, like well, this seems like a real connection there. There's a real chance for transformation. Our mind is going like, I don't know what the hell I'm getting. Is that worth $5 or 5000 I can't figure this out. I don't know. So most of the time when people you're hire- You're making my brain work too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're asking me to take such a leap of faith. I have to take a huge risk. And and basically just guess if I pay you $500, am I getting that back? I have no idea. I hope if I pay you 5,000. And so that's the difficult part. But at the same time, the coach can create so many more meaningful results and transformation that the mind person can't, where it's just a step-by-step. I take everyone through the same process. There's no growth in any of that. It's like, instead of teaching them how to fish, it's just, here's a nice fishing pole. It should work for you if you learn how to use it. And you and I both just get really turned off with that. It doesn't speak to anything that we want. So for me, the best kind of marketer right now, the best type of coach or consultant, mentor, however you want to specialize, what they're doing is both. 
really effectively. They've got a very clear message. You understand what you're getting financially, but at the same time, the transformation and your, your desire as a coach or whoever to help that person is coming from a very real place of this is what I know I'm meant to deliver to the world. And for me real quick, the reason I don't market myself as, you know, a see, see your worth specialist or a value specialist is because of the same reasons I just outlined. I know my market doesn't value that financially, but what they yeah. do value is when I have a clear message, how to create five figure clients in your business, how to create six figures, et cetera. Um, and I look at how they get there. And now I start talking about self-worth and value. I feel like people buy into that so much more and then you get the best of both worlds. It, it really reminds me of, you know, one of my first ever experiences working with a coach was uh, with a man named Philip McKernan. And one of the biggest things that we always kind of would joke around is just like, now you go in for what you want, but you take away what you needed. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, is that, is that kind of how you would, is that a simple way of, of kind of talking about it? Where it's, it's almost like there is the packaging right? There's a, there's a packaging that's very clear. So you know that this is exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And this is what you, what the result is going to be. But underneath the wrapping, when you unpack it, all the real, you know, the, the more um, less tangible transformational benefits are actually there. The thing that you actually need, but you might, it might not kind of like resonate with you mentally of just like, Oh no, this is, this is what I need to do. This is my, this is the inner transformation. This is the personal growth I need to do to have the business growth, to have the professional growth. Exactly that. Yeah. I think that that is a really good way of summarizing it because what a lot of people will try to do, and I used to do this for years is their messaging is all about the transformation. It's all about the internal abstract things. And and they, 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 in a sense, what they're doing is they're going, hey, you need this, and so you should value this, and you should pay me for this. Because they know so intimately that this is definitely what they need. They know it, right? And yet, the client from their shoes just doesn't, it, it's almost like this. Like, if you've ever, I have not, but I've heard everyone's ever taken a psychedelic drug with DMT. They take the drug, and they come back. To try to explain that to people, to try to say like, this is what it was like for me, here's what I saw and here's what I experienced, you're not going to be able to communicate 1% of it, right? So what's far more powerful is in our messaging to communicate what we know our market or clients will understand, that we know that they want. And it's not a bait and switch thing where it's like, hey, I got you in the door of this and now you're going to get this. To me, it's about building a bridge and, and looking at, okay. I can either stand on the other side of this cliff and demand that they jump across and join me and just buy into the idea with complete faith and conviction that I've got something that's going to change their life and it's amazing because I've already bought into it myself. That's one way to do it. Or what I could do is meet them where they are and say, okay, you want these things right now. I'm happy to help you go create them. And as we're creating them, as I start earning your trust and you start seeing me as someone that's actually getting you closer to where you want to go, I can start weaving in what I know you might need, or you and I can start discovering what you might need. And that can go in its own direction. But over the course of time, it's a journey we go on together where at the end of our time, now you're a radically different person. And you have mm. a radically different outlook on life. To me, that's way more powerful. And it also shows that you appreciate the perspective of your client that much more than just jumping in with like, Hey, I'm a transformation catalyst. It's $5,000. Join me over here. Take the jump. And, 
don't listen to your conditioned mind that wants to take you out and doesn't want to do this. It's like, no, your, your brain doesn't want to do it because it doesn't understand what the hell it's paying for. Yeah, it's, it takes a level of empathy to, to meet people exactly where they are. Because, I mean, um, it's so when you, when you meet with somebody, like, like say, for instance, me and you, we've been coaching for many, many years now. And so we see patterns like almost instantly with certain groups of people. And we kind of have an idea of where, where this is going to go. If, you know, if it's untouched, this is where it's going to go. And if we can, you know, be a part of the process, this is also, this is where it's going to go instead. And, um, because of that foresight, it's so easy to just like, Hey man, let's just accelerate the shit out of your process, man. Like I know, I know the shortcut, just freaking do this, this, and this, but it, but it's so unappreciative of where they are their, you know, the mindset and the state that they're in and what their, you know, what their challenges are there. It's very, very real. And it's, 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 it's holding them in, in a specific place. And if you can just like go hand, you know, side by side, hand in hand with them and be exactly where they are, as opposed to 10 steps ahead, um, you can be like, okay, based on where you are. All right, let's, let's put, let's lay the next step here. Let's, let's move forward one step at a time, not try to rush and accelerate and like, Hey man, you just came out of the womb. Let's, let's go for a race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, yeah. go, let's go fly why, a plane, you know? Yeah. Like, why don't I have students that want to fly a plane sign up with me? This is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a funny dynamic to have. That's a great analogy too. I like that. Yeah. hundred percent. I've seen that. Um, and, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I see is, is a lot of coaches want to stand on a soapbox and preach and, and talk about, you know, what's powerful or what's changed their life. And that's all great. And at the same time, I think part of seeing our value is we often dramatically underappreciate how far we've come and how far our market still has to go. And we look back and we talk to them. We're like, just, just do this. Just, it's easy. What, what, just do this, this, and this. And they're like taking furious notes and you're like, wait, why is this so hard? And you forget Oh yeah, when I was back there and I was deeply struggling with that too, of course it was not easy for me. Of course I would want more of this and this. And so I think that's that's such a crucial piece. Um, and the way it ties into values because all that is worth so much. And I think is what I would do is constantly keep learning and both my own experience and, and other resources and mentors. And then I would feel like other people I was learning with, oh, well, they know it too. So now everyone knows it. And it's just common knowledge. And my brain would trick me like that. And I forget, I talk to people and I go, wait, you don't know that yet. Oh, and that would be tremendously valuable to you. Oh, wow, maybe I'm worth a lot more than I'm giving myself credit for. So that was huge for me. Yeah, there's, um, it's, there's a level of kind of acknowledgement that you get to see, you get to appreciate um, yourself in that way. I think it's just, it's so important. I think the easiest thing for any of us who consider ourselves like high achievers, goal oriented, high performers, it's, we kind of overlook where we've been because it's where we've been. Like that's, that's old. That's old news. It's boring, man. I'm worried about where I'm going. I want what's next over there is where it's at. The next thing is where it's at this right here. And where I've been, that's, that's nothing. But, But when you kind of, look at it, you realize like, oh my gosh, actually there's, there's so much that has led up to where I am right now. This is, this is why I get to stand where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's freaking crucial, man. 
but yeah. I, you know, I, I want to, um, I, I want to open up the, just this whole thing that I see about you, which is just an inc- incredible sense of abundance that I get from you. You know, we were talking earlier before we hit the record, just, you know, how some people are so, um, concerned with time and wanting to be efficient with their time and wanting to seek the, the, the highest level of leverage as possible. Uh, and then here you are, you're spending God knows how much time with people. Like there's a generous level of uh, support that you provide with people. And, you know, even the 150 people that you talk to, I'm sure those weren't like 10 minute conversations to try mm-hmm. and understand your market. Like, can you tell us where, like, where that comes from? Like, what is the, the frame of mind that you have around it? Like, what's, what's going on over there? Yeah, so um, I shared my journey last time we connected. Uh, but for those that haven't heard it, um, I was very much a typical type A efficiency junkie where I was looking to be as productive as possible, get as much done as possible. If I wasn't working a, frankly, 12, 14 hour day, I was being lazy. I wasn't, I wasn't doing enough. If I wasn't working with at least 20 clients simultaneously, I wasn't serving enough. I, I was running ragged. And my values finally changed when I recognized that I didn't have any true business friendships. And it sounds simple, even saying it, looking back on it, like, yeah, okay, great business friends. Wow. How did that have anything to do with, with actually growing your business and growing as a person, but it had everything to do because I realized every connection I was having with people, every single connection was laced with an agenda or an expectation or a need to get something every single time. Meaning if I'd go to a party or networking event, or even just meeting someone, going to a seminar or whatever, and I'm talking to that person Instead of thinking, wow, what a cool person. How can I get to know them more? How can I be a value to them? Or I'm just curious to find out more about what brought them here and what they're up to. What a cool person. Love to stay in touch. It was always a sense of, okay, are they going to be a client? Or or am I going to be able, are they going to lead me to clients? Are they going to help me with clients? They have opportunities for me. How can I, you know, kind of gain them? them. Yeah, use them. And I found it, it hit a point where I was going to these networking events and I'd capture like 75, 80, 90, 100 business cards from people. I was just running like a chicken with his head caught. I have a stack of cards that thick. I can still show you. I still have my desk right here, all the business cards I've accumulated over the years. And then, so not only am I not present at all at the events, you know, I'm just on constantly networking. I get home and then I call as many of them as I can and try to book sessions with them aggressively. And it was a five minute quick conversation with one goal in mind, sign them up for a free session and then, and then look to sell them on that free call. Mm. And I'm doing all this and I feel crappier and crappier and crappier as the years go on. I do this for over half a decade. And I'm like the, the what's and what's weird was paradoxically the harder I pushed and the more on point and focused I was, the more cards I got, the more aggressive I was the least people signed on and did business with me. Oof. And I really hit a point where I had to look at myself in the mirror and go, what am I doing? This just doesn't, not only does it not feel right, it's not working and it feels awful. It's not supposed to be this way. It's gotta be a different way of operating. And when luckily I worked with one of my mentors 
uh, Stefan Stavrakis that totally shifted all of this for me in many ways. And, and I really began appreciating the fact that I was not building meaningful connection with anyone, with anyone outside of my family and maybe a few you know, friends that had nothing to do with my business. And when I pivoted and I began connecting with people without agenda, there was a learning curve because initially I was so agenda ridden that I didn't know how to talk to people without doing that. And there was times when I talked to people and then nothing would come of it. And I realized, okay, I, that's one extreme to another. Now I gotta find the sweet spot. So the sweet spot came from me building that connection really not having a preconceived notion of where it was going, but listening to my intuition. And if in the moment I felt like, Oh my gosh, like they could be someone I could really help. I would tell them or, Oh my gosh, it sounds like, you know, a lot of people that would benefit from working with me. I would tell them, I would always speak it in the moment as opposed to it being a preconceived idea. And so over time, as I began honing that approach, what I found was way more important was for me to manage my energy than to manage my time. Mm. And managing my energy and business meant not just from a standpoint of doing more, but making sure that I have maximum connection and maximum vitality in all that I do. Those became my two biggest values, connection to myself and connection to other people. Meaning if I was doing things or communicating things in a way where it was a facade or it wasn't being authentic, I stopped doing it completely. If I wasn't actually looking to get to know the individual and I was instead in my mind with looking at how I could get something from them, I stopped it completely. And then with vitality. Well, before you get into vitality, how do you, how do we practically address that? Like what, what are some things that we can do to connect with, with ourselves, to, to genuinely connect with others? Yeah. With, with myself, it became a, a matter of looking at why, what are the values that are surrounding this business in the first place. Not just why am I doing what I'm doing, but really like what's driving the business. And I found in many ways it was, I was coming from a standpoint of just doing enough to provide for the family. And that was the full extent of my purpose. It was the full mm. extent of what I do. And this is the kind of uh, you know, stuff that I know you just eat up because this is what you do for your clients so many ways is help people find the, uh, uh, the, the pseudo purpose and then help them discover what it really is. Um, and I discovered, yeah, like the only thing fueling that fire was just provide for the family. And so if I felt like that was in question, I was highly motivated, but it was always coming from a place of fear. Mm. Um, and what I discovered really, when, when, I, when I was able to tap into, I want to deeply teach people how to claim their value and self-worth and do it in business, whole different type of mindset. Uh, I felt much more connected to myself. I felt much more connected with, with the why, to use that cliche. And I felt like showing up for business was way easier and way more fun and way more fulfilling. I didn't feel nearly as much pressure instead of mm -hmm. feeling like I need to do this. I felt like I want to do this. And so for me, the, the simple action step with that was just to find out what ultimate message do I want to share with people? What is the ultimate message? And for me, it was you're always worth more than you think and to help people claim higher value and then be able to charge more money and et cetera was the byproduct of that. So that became the drive. Love it. Uh, and then with connecting with other people, it was as simple as me being very protective with the type of energy I was putting myself around. And just because someone was willing to pay me or could be a client that became second, third, or even on the list at all, what became most important was 
having this right type of attitude or energy, I call it the right psychographic mindset, where we value things the same way, we think the same way, and maybe they're just at a stage in their life or their business where they haven't quite gotten where they want to go yet, but it's still someone I love, someone that I'd be friends with in a heartbeat. I, I don't care if there's a financial transaction between us or not. I just want to be there and energetically enjoy spending time with these people. And so my schedule literally started reflecting in my mind, hang out with this person for an hour and have a blast with them and then work with this awesome client for an hour and have a blast with them. And maybe talk to this cool person for 30 minutes and find out what I could love about them. My whole life just became spend time with awesome people doing awesome things. And that became the, the cornerstone for me that I built the business on. Um, and with the vitality piece, very simple. So before you go into the vitality part, I just want to hammer in how um, crucial I think it is mm -hmm. to have that energetic connection with people where it's like, I just want to have a blast. Like some, I just want to be surrounded with people in person, on the phone, on Zoom, whatever it is, but just people who are just awesome. Yes. Because, man, I don't know about you and your, and your clients or even just your friends in general who are kind of like, you know, similar to us. Um, man, I could tell you at least the last five really meaningful um, conversations and lunches that I've had with men, okay, like entrepreneurial men who said to me, I don't have any friends. I think you're my only friend, Oliver. I was just like, what? They don't have a sense of friendship. Yeah. Even like work-related friends. It's like, are these people friends because they're on my payroll or, yeah, you know? Very much and the that's, hope idea. That's incredibly lonely, man. It is. So, and I think that, um, you know, having that sense of being connected and being willing to, um, to allow for that space, um, it changes the dynamic. And I, I'm, I'm betting that probably contributes to the vitality too, right? So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back around and then I'll answer why do I spend so much time with potential clients? Why is there such an abundance there? Um, the vitality piece to me is simple. It's just, do I enjoy my life right now? Measure on a scale of one to 10. How alive do you feel, Byron, right now? You know, are you, yeah, you're being productive. You're kicking ass in your business, but are you really feeling alive right now? Or are you feeling productive, getting a lot done and having the time of your life and feeling like you have plenty of time to recharge and refresh, hang out with friends and family? Which of the two is it? And I've noticed there is always a direct correlation in my experience. I can't speak for everyone, but for me, the more I'm alive, my higher vitality, I might be doing less in my business. I went from working probably 60 to 70 hours a week down to like 20 or 30 first year of my new business. And I made twice as much money twice as much money working less, less than half, less than half, like really in many ways, a third as much time. And it's because I was doing things that I love. I've got a skateboard here for people that, that can't listen to the podcast or they can't watch the podcast, I should say. I got a skateboard that hangs out with me in the office. It's an electric skateboard. It's got a motor on it. It goes 24 miles an hour. And I got that here in my office constantly as a reminder, like, dude, go out and have fun, man go out and have fun. I, I got back into basketball. I got back into doing things I love. And as simple as it sounds, I find most entrepreneurs suck at two things. Number one, having fun. And number two, having friends. And very few are doing both at the same time. And I made it a point in my life to start doing both of those things. And I found that that type of energy, because 
uh, Zig Ziglar said this, if you're familiar with him in sales, sales is a transference of energy. So when people are hiring you, yeah, they're buying a strategy. Yeah, they're buying that you've been there before. They're buying that you're someone that can get them where they want to go. Absolutely. But they're also buying your energy. And if your energy sucks, and it's also one of the, the areas that most of us are not willing to look at, but most people are hesitant to move forward with that because we subconsciously understand I'm going to get that energy back on me. So if we're showing up burned out, exhausted, our life is really hard and really stressful, that's what we're projecting to our clients. And so it makes a tremendous impact. I know you felt this in experiences too. And so for me, I've really valued having vitality much more than anything else. And I found that's when things just flow away more for me, the more alive I am. Do you ever find that um, the people that you talk to about this uh, have trouble, have, have trouble finding a way to even just look at what, what's fun? What do you mean fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean fun, Brian? Like, I don't even know what you mean when you say that. Yeah, totally. All you know, so, so, some people have that there's a block there. Yeah. Or it's like they've completely forgot how to have fun. And yeah. I was listening to um, a podcast with Paul Check. I don't know if you know who Paul Check is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has these great questions. They're like shamanic questions. And uh, it's like, when was the last time that you sang? When was the last time that you danced? Yes. When was the last time that you played? When was the last time you were in awe? Mm-hmm. And like, these are the kind of questions that kind of have us bring us back to that state, you know, that state of wonder, that state of aliveness. And that's kind of, you know, you don't, you're not in awe or playing or playing games or singing, you know, you're not, you're only doing those things just, just because they're fun. Yeah. You're not doing it to get somewhere to get, you know, you're yeah. not trying to get to the end of the song. <laughs> exactly. It's brilliant. Those are gr- brilliant questions. I love all those questions. It's a reminder to me that, Again, to use a, a huge cliche that gets talked about a lot, it's still very true, just to be a child, to be a child at times, to connect to that energy, this childlike energy. Um, and having two kids myself right now, it's something that I'm very fortunate to have in my life. I have two very little kids. I got a seven-month-old and then a two-and-a-half-year-old, and constantly. One of the cool things that I think we all forget, and I've forgotten for years, was just how fluid kids can be with identity. Going back to, you know, you don't call yourself a coach, you don't call yourself a consultant, you know, just like a child would say like, all right, I'm going to be Batman for a little bit. And then five minutes later, all right, I'm a princess. All right. And then five minutes later, I'm a construction worker. And that's normal for a kid. Well, adults, we lose this flexibility. Why? Because we have so much of our ego attached to our identity. And I think so much of the journey I've been on, especially these past few years, has been about me letting go of a lot of those identities and just being more free-flowing and having more fun has been a big part of breaking up the rigidity and doing the same mm. things over and over again. And just being more of a human being, as simple as that sounds. And so I know you had asked about the abundance of time, um, but I want to share all that to set up some context. So when I work with potential clients, I'll meet with them several times before we decide if we're fit to work together. And then the coaching industry or the consulting industry, very rare. Most are one call close. It's how most people operate. Um, and so it's how you've operated for years. It's how I used to operate. But the way that I do it now is I look at it as a way of protecting both of our energy. 
So the first conversation I have with someone is more of just to get to know you, get to know what's going well for you, what's, what's not working well for you. And then I'll start to get some kind of idea if I can even help that person. And more importantly, if I even like that person. So that it becomes a filter where I, before someone tells me I want to hire you, I can tell them, okay, I don't want to work with you because I don't like the energy you're bringing forth. Or maybe you've got some more growing to do or whatever. Uh, but then the second and third time we meet, it's more about, taking what they told me they're challenged with and what they want and actually creating meaningful results for them on those areas. Like imagine going out and being able to test drive a car and how much of the buying decision goes around test driving the car. Well, it's not just because you want to get to know the salesperson who's riding with you. It's more about, is this thing going to get me where I want to go or not? And so I like giving people that experience to mm. inform their, their decision. And also as they're doing that, I'm giving them exercises or, or guidance or whatever. I'm also gauging how they're showing up. If they're not showing up at 100%, they're, they're not showing up on time or they're not completing everything I'm giving them or they're not loving it and running with it. Those are usually, if not always, red flags for me. So it's another opportunity for me to disengage and go, okay, it's not worth it. But the final reason that I have for spending so much time with people is because I feel like it's justified in my price. One on one for me right now is twenty five thousand dollars. If people want to hire me, usually I love that you just say it. Yeah, that's the that's the price point. Like no one, there's not a lot of people who just put it out and just say, "I'm one of them." Like yeah. you can't go to my website and and find out what my price is. Yeah, twenty five you know? grand. Like yeah. how do you how do you decide that? How do you decide to be? completely transparent and just say it, say it and just own it like that. Like the price is the price. It's not, I'm not trying to, yeah. <laughs> a lot offend of, a you. Lot I'm not of, trying to offend you or impress you or <laughs> I guess it's just, it's been a lot of, a lot of internal discovery and a, and a lot of work. And it really, what I teach people is how to own value. I'm obsessed with value. I'm obsessed with understanding two sides of it. Number one, what makes us believe we're valuable or congruent with our value or not. Number two, what makes our clients, our customers, our market feel like we're valuable or not. I've been obsessed with that. Um, I've I've read a lot on pricing. I've studied a lot about communicating value. I've read a lot about self-worth. And for me, I feel like that's my life's work right now. Uh, So I don't say that as, as a way of going, you know, hey, yeah, because I'm, I'm amazing. You know, I'm 25,000. The, the reason I shared it is because I, I'm very particular with who I work with and I like to slow down and take my time because I know once energetically they paid and they're in and they're working, to me I go, okay, would I rather somebody that I love and I love helping them work with me for free for maybe, you know, couple hours, three hours in the course of maybe two or three days or two or three sessions together and then work with me, but they end up investing in 25 grand or would I rather work at a lower price point and then do a lot of quick one-off calls with people and just hope some people sign up that way. To me, it's always justified financially, but more so being very selective with who I work with. It's allowed me to ensure that the people that do work forward and hire me it's meant to be for both of us. It feels right. I don't need to have them sign a contract saying, Hey, I agree to pay this much by this time. It's all, it's all faith-based. It's all, you're putting your faith in me. I'm putting my faith in you. And I've learned how to own that value and recognize the the people that work with me. I know I'm delivering at least 10 times that and what it can do for the business. So for me, 
um, yeah, that's the price. That's why I feel good sharing it. And that's mm-hmm. also why I feel good spending so much time with people. Like, like for me, for instance, you know, I have a resistance around it because I feel like if I put it out there, if I even just say it, um, it, it, it almost acts like a filter. Like people would just immediately, they don't know what they're, they've never test driven it. They don't even know what, you know, what the coaching is like. Um, the first thing they're going to see is they're going to scroll to the bottom and find out what the, what the price is on that page. And then that'll be the deciding factor of should I, should, will, I, will I engage or not? And part of me has that fear or scarcity of like, well, they're just going to, they're not going to get to experience it. Like you, how do I tell you what my price is if you don't experience what it is that you're going to get, you yeah. know, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Something I found that's kind of weird. Uh, it's never really occurred to me until now. I, I can see both sides. I'm not saying everyone should, you know, be as flippant with the price. Yeah, I, neither am I. I'm just like. Yeah, I don't even list my price on my website. In fact, really now, um, I only really talk about my price if, it, if it's an example of what I'm saying. Most of the time, if someone's working with me, I'll share it at the end. Um, but what I found to be kind of weird is that the people that have hired me, the ones that I feel like now it's 100% of the time. When I was first getting started, it was about maybe 80% of the time where 20% they'd hire me and we both kind of realize, Oh, this wasn't the best decision. Maybe we shouldn't have worked together. But most of the time uh, it got better. And now it's, I believe hundred percent of the time in all those cases, whether I told them the price on day one or the very end, wouldn't have made a single difference. Wouldn't have made a difference. Mm. And the reason why is again, I really believe the people we're meant to work with were meant to work with. And I, I've shared, I've done it every way possible. I've, I've shared my price immediately up front with people. I've held back and shared it only at the end after getting the whole experience. I've shared it halfway through. I've done it every single way. And what I found, it's not about the price itself and sharing it. It was all about the person. It was all about the connection I had with them. And um, I feel like that has been the, the single biggest determining factor. That, that's been it right there. And I, I would say that that's also congruent with just the the abundance that you come from. Yeah. Because, you Absolutely. know, like... I, you know, if you're looking at it from, well, I might miss out on conversations with people who might end up working with me if they didn't get, you know, sh- they didn't shun my price or whatever it is. It's like, that's kind of scarce, right? Where you're more, if we're meant to work together, we're meant to work together. You know, if you see the price or hear the price on the podcast and it tells you not to work with me, then we're not meant to work together. That's not like, and you're not even worried about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, what, it's like, whatever, like no sweat, man which yeah. I love, which I love that is very freeing. It's kind of un- unattached. It so is. I remember I made a commitment to myself. I had one individual that we connected and I had no intention of working with this person. They weren't a, a prospective client, put in air quotes. I was just talking to him, getting to know him as a coach. And uh, he was asking me what I do and I shared it. And then he asked me, how much do you charge if you don't mind? And I told him at the time it was 20 grand. And he said, oh my gosh, you're asking that much. Wait, how are you doing that? You're blowing my mind. And you help people get clients like that? I said, yeah, that's what I do. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then we had a session. We had a call like a week later. He's like, okay, out of the blue, he just blurts out, I got to find a way to work with you. I, I want to hire you. And like that had never really worked, happened to me before. It was weird. And, and there was oh, such- Oh, it almost becomes a feature. Yeah, it, it was really it was really strange, right? Interesting. It's like a feature. It's like, oh wow, like- if it's like that to me, that's a big, I mean, I think for, I think for, any, for almost anyone, that's a big, big investment to make. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe that's what that guy saw. He's just like, oh, wow, that's, that makes me more 
interested, more intrigued, like how powerful of, uh, you know, of, of a coach and a consultant is Byron, what kind of results am I going to end up with that he can justify? And he actually makes, you know, he, he gets this price all the time from his clients. Like that's, yeah. Wow. It turns into a feature. That's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a great point. And as you that's say, great, that, man. I can really see that. That's, that's a huge, valuable lesson. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, I made a promise to myself. I was like, you know what? Like, um, I don't have to slave away and do this dog and pony show and, and prove how amazing I am and, and do all this work for people to see my value. It can happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. And when I made that realization, I, I really discovered, okay, wow. You know, it's, it's more about the, the person, the dynamic we have than anything else. And that's why a big part of, of what I've learned and that I'm constantly honing in on is, is who am I most meant to work with? Like who is the kind of person that sees that value just like I saw it. And, and having made in similar investments myself, that sure are terrifying, but at the same time, there's so much growth on my end when I made that investment. There's massive growth. And, and now I'm taking a view of the market instead of going like, well, who could afford 20 grand going, well, who would see the value in it? It's a totally different question. And I think yeah, often very stuck different. In my head with, well, who would afford that? Who could, who could possibly do that? And we forget it's not about afford. If people see the value, they will do whatever it takes to work with us, period. And that's what I've seen time and time again. Um, I've had people that were, they were trying to take on business loans, that were trying to liquidate investments, that were trying to borrow money, that were trying to do whatever it took to hire me. There was no overcoming objections. There was no me having to sit there and, and it's talk. It's not a hard sell. That was it. I freaking love that. I, uh, you know, I talk, I talk to a lot of people and part of their, their fears and their challenges is the sense that they're being commoditized now where it's, it's like, it's really about the price and so many other aspects of what it is that they offer in their business and their service offerings. Um, it doesn't make a difference anymore. It's just like, well, we're getting undercut and it's just, it's all about the, it's all about the, the dollar amount. Like, how do you, I guess it depends on the business. Maybe it depends on what, you know, what profession that you are in, but like, how do you address that? You gotta be different. It's better to be different than it is to be best. And indifference is huge because if, if people feel like they can categorize you and get similar value or there's a similar perception of value, that's when you're toast. And that's when people have a commodity perception. But what breaks that is, is differentiation. And differentiation can happen in a lot of different ways. Your brand can, can be differentiated. Someone I know you're very fond of, Seth Godin, talks about sharing your story, right? There's a million different ways that people kind of do something similar to you, but only you can share your story. That's one very powerful way of differentiating. But another way is, is you look at what these other businesses, what these other commodities are doing in your market, and you get very clear on what they're doing that's working and what they're doing that's not working. And then you just create something unique, create something that does not exist anywhere else. And, and that's what I love most about helping coaches is because so much of the coaching, coaching is really interesting in that so much of it is entirely unique. Like every coach is so different. And at the same time, there's so many cliches in coaching. The whole coaching industry can become a commodity itself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I, I often work with people and they're like, yeah, so this client I'm talking to, they're talking to three other coaches right now. And they're, they're, how do I get them to pick me? And we look at Man, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever had a conversation like that. 
it happens with a, with a potential client who's shopping around. I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Happens frequently. I hear about it a lot. People or even people will tell me like, yeah, I was talking to this other person and I'm not talking to you. I'm trying to decide. And that used to really drive me nuts too. Cause, cause I know, you know, there's part of you that wants to go like, I know it's better, but once you get your ego to chill out, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how, how can we create a different perception here? And what's helped me out the most is to have two things. One is, is to have a, a different way of, of solving problems, to create IP or intellectual property, like ways that you guide people to a result that's different from what other people are doing in your market. That's really powerful. But the other way is to allow your passion to come out in stories and branding and your content and how you market yourself to connect to what you feel viscerally passionate about in your business. Like, why are you in this business? And you know, what aggravates you about your business or your industry? Or what are you most grateful for, excited about? And bring that out. Don't stifle that, but bring that out because it gives you so much more of a unique voice. Um, so for example, for, for me, what really deeply aggravates me and pisses me off is I would go to all these networking events and collect all these business cards. And so many coaches would hand me their business card and it would say like the manifestation mindset catalyst. <laughs> and, and I would get so frustrated because I felt like, wow, you know, coaching has this perception of this fluffy woo woo thing that people don't, coaches don't make more than 40 grand a year doing this. And I really wanted to change that. And here's this business card that kind of perfectly encapsulates why and why it can even be a joke to some people. And that drove me nuts. And so when I talk about value and self-worth, I can't help but feel immensely passionate about that. It deeply aggravates me. So, you know, when I talk to potential clients, what they'll tell me all the time is, well, I was thinking about working with you or another person, but you're different. And the reason you're different is because I feel so much more connected to you. And I, and I feel like what we're doing here is, yes, you're teaching me how to grow my business, but I feel like the journey you're taking me on, the growth is just so much more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And so I think those have been, in my experience, the two most powerful ways to avoid being seen as a commodity. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's powerful. I think, yeah, if, you, if you're the best, people might not know who you are. But if you're different you'll stand out. Absolutely. Right. So it's like, yeah, you got to find out that, that aspect of you that's unique and different. That's so, so that people actually remember you and recognize you and can distinguish you from everybody else. Yes. So, so what, what is Byron challenged by? Like, what do you get challenged by? I think here, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely frank with you. Not that I haven't been up till now. Uh, <laughs> Challenge with social media big time. And we've already talked about this. We haven't talked about it, I think, um, on, on air with your podcast. Um, here's what's challenging me about social media. First of all, um, I, I see a lot of promotion done on social media where many are eager to, to pick themselves as being perfect or having it all figured out, having a solution or living this amazing the laptop lifestyle, or you see them with a the picture, they got a the laptop, they're by the pool somewhere. They're like, ah, oh, I've got it all figured out. You know, if you want to figure it out too, say me in the comments below and get a 10 step program. Figure I it out. roll. 
<laughs> yeah, and, it's, and yet I know, and they're never posting about what they're challenged with or what's not working or where they're stuck. It's just all perfection, perfection, perfection. And uh, what, what's challenging to me is I know there are, there's, there's so much that I want to teach and share and at the same time to enter in that space and to choose to enter in that space because I, I recognize social media is very powerful. To me, it's the most powerful form of marketing that we have outside of referrals and connections, which have also been super powerful. And we talked about that last time we met. Um, and so utilizing that in a way where there's integrity, where I'm careful with not getting addicted to it, which can also be very easy to do to get that constant validation of, oh, wow, I've got 11 new notifications next to that bell. I can't wait to check it and see what's there. And wow, more attention for me. And there's all that. Um, and, and not being present with my family and not being present and more important matters in my business. There's that side of it. But there's also how I portray myself and, and being authentic in a space which to me is largely inauthentic. There's a lot of fake stuff going around. There's a lot of people that I, I know, meaning I've had conversations with them and we've dug into how they're doing financially in particular. And yet all they ever post about is how they're killing it financially. Who wants to make six figures this year too? And yet I know they're actually broke. I know they're actually struggling. I, having talked to them in depth, that kind of stuff can really irritate me. And so What's challenging for me is navigating that, but I'll never forget. Um, I had such an amazing conversation this year with one of my good friends, Radhika. We were catching up and uh, I was kind of sharing and I had started doing some things on social media, but I've never been big on it because I haven't needed to. Referrals have been consistent for me in my business, but something kept pulling me back and I realized I was avoiding it rather than confronting it and, and looking at how I wanted to show up on the platform. And we were talking about it and I was starting to share one of the, some of the stuff that aggravated me. And she said, do you know why it aggravates you? And I started sharing it and she cut me off. And she said, no, 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 no. I don't mean it like that. I mean, do you know why it aggravates you? It's because you're meant to do something about it. And I said, Ooh. what do you mean? She said, you need to show people how to use this in a much more authentic way. That's why it aggravates you because you know you have the capacity to do that. You need to do that. And that was the conclusion of the conversation. Man. Have you ever had wow. a conversation where you just kind of sit there for a while afterwards and you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> That's me after this, after this interview. Right? It's like, I feel like that hit me. That landed for me. Yeah. Cause yeah. oh my God, they're like, I have such a, it's not, and not even just social media, but anything that has to do with, you know, marketing online. It's almost yeah. all it, for me, it's all tied in together. Um, but there is that, that agitation, but to think of it of like, well, you're agitated or you're aggravated by it because you're meant to do something about it. You're, you know, you're, you're being triggered by it because you're meant to kind of be a demonstration, like an example of, you know, what's another way of approaching this, of, of being in this space, yeah. um, man, I'm going to chew on that for the rest of the day. Jeez. <laughs> Me too. I love that. Okay. So that's your, that's your biggest challenge. But I mean, it's not your, I mean, you just did your 10 day challenge, which was, was a huge success. Can you, so social media was a huge part of it. I mean, yeah. we were meeting on Facebook and had a Facebook group. Can you tell us, I mean, I, I would love for you to just give us an overview of kind of like what was the impetus and, and how did you approach it 
Yeah. A lot of that was inspiration that had been boiling up from the conversation I had with her with, okay, it's time for me to engage much more intentionally with this platform. And so the impetus for doing that was I, I have a real heart right now to, to do group coaching. I want to work with people in groups, people that you know, can't work with me one-on-one, but love the community and also wanted to learn it as a skill set as well. I've done group coaching before, but I've never led it. And so I wanted to offer it and I wanted to connect with, with more coaches and create something that I knew was different. And so I put together a 10 day challenge it ended up being nine hours of content. Um, and the feedback that I got by and large was that it's like, dude, I, I can't believe you gave away this much for free. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's, a, it's helping me a ton. People were actually creating clients going through it. And it was all because I really wanted to, to just give, I really wanted to, I wanted more people to create more meaningful results and one-on-one gives me that, but I wanted it in larger quantities. And so that was the impetus with the challenge. And, and I go, I went into it knowing I was going to offer group coaching. I just didn't know what it would look like or what kind of how it would shape up. And I'm still playing with that right now. Uh, but yeah, that was the impetus to serve more people. And at the same time to market myself on Facebook, and do it in a way that I felt was authentic and that felt good and that I could, I could actually stand behind. So that's what I did. And I ended up having 30 people sign up for the challenge. Um, and then three people, including you got meaningful results before it even ended, um, which, which was amazing. It was amazing to see that. And so now it was an experiment to now go out and get larger. And so now going forward, I'm using this time to learn from it and then continuously launch again and help more people create business and continue interacting with, with Facebook in a way where I can continue to be authentic and share. Yeah. Like this is my journey. This is what I've overcome. This is what's working for me. These are the stories I want to tell, but also I'm a human being too. I'm far from perfect. I've got a lot of things I got to continue growing with. And there are plenty of moments in my life that, that are anything but perfect. And, um, for example, just continuously telling everyone, Hey, I, I think I lost my voice before I launched the challenge and yeah. anything but a hundred percent. And I'm, I'm still getting maybe four or five hours of sleep a night, although it's getting better with having two little kids waking up throughout the night. And I'm telling everyone like, this sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I, I loved how you weren't rigid with it either. Cause you're just like, all right, we're not starting on Monday. I'm sick. We're starting <laughs> on Wednesday all right, um, we're taking the weekend off. We're not going to do the challenge is not happening on Saturdays and Sundays. Like you guys go enjoy yourselves. Um, and I think it's so funny because every time you did that and you're like, yeah, so we're not going to do a thing today. You just kind of just went with it day by day and what weren't so rigid. And I think that really reflected, uh, to, to us or people and the people who are participating just looking at it from a place of, it's like, Oh, I get to make up the rules. You know, like if I, if, and when I make something similar to this or whatever it is, I just get to, I get to invent it and not be so hard on myself and I get to adjust and be flexible with it. And it's just so, but you, you got it done. You know, I think it was such a great example of what you're trying to accomplish with, with social media and, you know, the, the way that you test the waters with things, I think, um, and you're being very transparent with it along, along the way. You're like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to create. And, uh, this is, we're, we're doing this together as we go and, and like seeing it is, it's cool to be in proximity with it. I think that's really important to, to so many of us is to be in proximity with people who are doing things that seem impossible 
so that, you know, just by, just by the virtue of watching you, witnessing you, observing you, um, it rubs off. It rubs off on us. And we're just like, oh man, well, Byron can do it. Like, man, anyone can. Like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. I love exactly. that. That's so good to hear that, man. Thank well, you for affirming that. Well, I want to be uh, respectful of your time. You have some time for a few more questions? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, what are your daily habits? Do you have like favorite habits that you do? Do you have any routines or rituals that you kind of stand by or or aspire to, to continue to you know, work on including into your schedule? It doesn't have to be things that you're doing right now, but habits. Yeah, it's funny for me. I don't know many people that talk about this. I deconstructed habits. I took habits out of my life because um, I used to be, here's used to be my morning. I break it down for you. All right, wake up <clears throat> and then meditate for 20 minutes and then journal for another 10, 15 minutes and then do about five, 10 minutes of affirmations and then another 10, 15 minutes of visualization every single morning. And then at night, another 20 minutes of meditation, another 10 minutes of visualization, five minutes of affirmation like every single day, seven days a week. That was the, the, the habit. And I, the reason I broke away from doing that was because I started looking at what actually uh, would presuppose or what would be the foundation of what I was trying to get out of all of that. And it was more alignment, more clarity, more energy. And I found much better habits for me that simplified all of that. And I'm not saying all that is, is not productive. I think they're all great. But instead of being so rigid and, and disciplined with all that, what I just started doing was going back to what we talked about earlier. You know, what is one thing I can do today to raise my vitality? Go hop out on a skateboard and just go ride. Go play basketball today. What can I do to take care of myself? I need to go to the gym, you know, go running. Do, do something physical. Do something active. Push myself physically. Being with the kids. Am I, am I balanced there? Am I spending time with them? Being present with the family? Am I having fun? maybe watching a movie or something that I enjoy. And so for me now, the habits that I've cultivated, also learning, I'm big on learning. I can't not learn is another thing. So I don't even look at it as a habit. I look at it like getting food and water is, is learning for me. Um, we, whether it's reading books, going through programs, listening to audio, YouTube, all the above. I can't not do that. So I guess you could say that is a habit, but I don't even categorize it as such. Um, for me, it's just about constantly staying tapped into how connected and alive I feel. And, and I look at designing days like that. And I also am giving myself more permission to look at a day and how I'm feeling going into it and going, you know what, I'm going to push everything. I'm not doing it today. Reschedule some sessions, reschedule some meetings. Today, what I really need is this. And I just go do that and giving myself that space. So that's what, what's been working for me most lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of autonomy. There's a lot of agency there. Like you're really, you're really choosing yourself Yeah. in all those instances. I love that. Um, what's, what's like a very unknown, unheard of book or resource of some sort, like a video or something that, that we kind of, that's under the radar. Like we don't know about Yeah. Right? that we need to know about like something that's really, you've studied it. You just read it over and over and over again. It's such a huge part of who you've become and part of your repertoire. And yet when you talk about it, people are like, what is that? I've never, I've never heard of that before. What's something unknown that we need to know? There's a lot, man. I've already got three. <laughs> top, top one or two. Here's number one. Um, so the values levels or spiral dynamics. 
Um, the values levels were started by Claire Graves, and spiral dynamics was by Don Beck. Um, and I think it was another individual whose name is not coming to me. But spiral dynamics was a continuation of it. The values levels were charted out by Claire Graves back in the 1940s and 50s. Uh, he was a student of Abraham Maslow. So I'm sure you're familiar with Maslow, yeah. uh, human needs. Well, Claire Graves was a college professor and he interviewed over 150,000 people. Literally everyone that came through that, that uh, university, he interviewed, he just asked them, what's important to you? What are your values? Why are you motivated to do what you do? And over the course of doing that, he pulled out eight distinct sets of values and he called them the values levels. And it was a way for, in a sense, kind of tracking human development where they all started developing the same way, where if you meet someone at values level four and you knew what values level five had in store and you can kind of chat, chat with that person at four and even chart their progress, you started to get a very clear sense of where they were headed and what traps were waiting for them at five, what traps were waiting for them at six. And so when I started studying this and, and learning about it, um, I saw application for it everywhere, especially in business. Mm. I really used it for honing in on the type, the values level or the consciousness of the people that I love working with and knowing what resonates most with them, who I most understand and using that. And also as a, as a roadmap in my own life, like knowing if, if I show up this way with this level of consciousness, here's the common roadblocks or the traps that other people throughout history have run into as well. And so this is, uh, it's been really useful for me. It's something that I always consult and come back to. And I find that less than one out of every hundred people I've talked to have even heard of it. Do you have any new uh, obscure hobbies that, that are kind of like pulling your heartstring? You're just like, why do I keep thinking about this? Like, why do I keep thinking about like learning this craft, mastering this craft? Like for instance, for me, I just can't stop thinking of, choking people out in a jujitsu in jujitsu <laughs> like all year all year dude all year you know it started when i did i did a 10-day meditation a silent meditation in january of earlier this year yeah and you can't talk to anybody you can't journal you can't read you just meditate for 10 hours a day and when we when we weren't meditating or even when when we were meditating i just had these weird visions of just like all just being just rolling that's what they call it rolling sparring right so you're i just imagine just rolling with people getting choked out getting in arm bars and just like escaping grappling situations i'm like why do i keep doing like i keep thinking about this i took a couple of classes and man i was freaking obsessed i could tell how addicted i i could be with it i just haven't i just don't have the time for it but it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like i just i'm so drawn to it i have no reason why do you have anything like that that's happening for you i don't have anything but there's no reason why because there's a very clear reason why but i have something drawn to um and and it's fatherhood and being a father that kind of stuff is coming to me a lot now like with in terms of raising children being a role model for them what i'm embodying and what i can be there for them um what I'm modeling for them and what they're what's rubbing off on them, which is already happening, which is is really freaking me out in a lot of ways. Definitely makes you watch your mouth. Um, <laughs> and, and how I want my kids to learn and grow, how I want my family to learn and grow. And um, as as the the father role in the family, how I want to define that, what that means to me. Um, 
and, and just kind of reflecting, having two kids in two years has been amazing in that it's, it's certainly pushed us. It's allowed both of them to be close together in age. There's so many wonderful things that come with it. At the same time, it has not given us a chance to kind of just stop, slow down and take stock with what's most important because having a second kid was just a, a huge, huge reality. I mean, having one child, but having two is like, mm. okay, all right, it's on now. So what keeps coming to me over and over again is just taking stock. Where do I want to end up? Where do I want my family to end up? What kind of role model can I be as a dad? That kind of stuff is coming to me a lot now. So your kids are listening to this 10 years from now, 15 years from now. What would your message be? They're approaching that age of like, all right, going to be finishing high school soon and going to university, becoming an adult. What would your message be? Yeah, that isn't the quintessential question. This is why I like doing podcasts with you, man. Because <laughs> this is the, the last thing I've ever written down in advance. I, I know this came in the moment, which is great. Um, I, I think, I mean, it's going to be a lot. I think the most important is going to be some form of find your truth, find your path. It's there. You have to find it, though. I, I can't give it to you. School can't give it to you. The job force can't give it to you. Personal development can't give it to you. You have to find it yourself. You have to learn how to honor your intuition and your brain, have them work together um, and, and pay attention. Pay attention because you're always getting clues if you're on that path or not. Um, and hopefully being able to be a role model and embody that for them, for them to really have a successful time navigating life that way, to be fully self-reliant, but not be the lone wolf, but to be interconnected and to be there for each other too. I think that would be the number one thing. See, that's a great question. I love that question. So there's some things that you can know, like conceptually, and then you can know it the same exact thing, but in an experience, like you're in it, like it's right, like it's real, like so tangible. Um, What is that for you when it comes to becoming a father? What is something that, you know, before you were a father, kind of knew it, or maybe yeah. it seemed impossible. Maybe it even seemed impossible. But then now you're a father of two and you're like, wow, I didn't know I could ever experience this. Yeah. Love the, the love for your kids. Um, you, of course, know you're going to love your children. Of course you, you imagine what it would be like. And I used to imagine my wife and I, Bethany holding uh, our first child's hand walking on the beach. And I just I had a picture in my head vividly for years. Um, but the moment they're born, when, when that firstborn looked into my eyes, like that was just, I can't even begin to explain the power of that moment. Like I just, when both children were born and that you hold them for the first time and look into their eyes and just, I lost it completely. It was such an overwhelming feeling of, uh, of love. Like that just doesn't come close to anything else I've ever experienced. Um, it, it's just so, it's like literally that effect where everything in the outside world is blurred out and it's just you and, and that child. Uh, that's, that's probably the, the biggest thing. And it's, uh, it's a great reminder all those nights when you're up at three or four in the morning and, uh, you know, your, your sleep is sporadic to say the least. And then the, the frustration subsides and then hold one of them and you, you remember that, that moment. 
And I think that's a moment. I don't think I know that's a moment I'll stay with my whole. I love that. That's beautiful. Um, Byron from 10 years from now needs your advice. That's interesting. So the Byron from 10 years from now. 10 years Byron. from now. In okay. the future. So future Byron needs current Byron's advice. Yeah. Future Byron needs to look back okay. at past Byron from, you know, 10 years ago, which is today. It's like, wow, I knew something back then. Like he, you know, that version of me just saw something. I need his advice. Like what, what advice would you give to that future version of you? That's great. Cause it's, it, it means I'm giving myself that advice now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I'm so used to the question. What would you give to your 20 year old version of you? Let's answer that immediately. Um, this one makes me think. So I'm 32 now, so be 42, which is my favorite number. That version of Ooh. me. Um, what advice would I give? I, I think it would be to, to embody. So to look at every day as what are you embodying, not what you know. I know I, I've leaned on I've leaned on intellect, <clears throat> which is which is cool because there's a lot of, of value that brings people and yourself, but also it means you can shortcut some things. You can shortcut fully embodying because you're more articulate, right? Like you can explain things a little more clearly than people can, and so it might be easy to get away with it. Not that I'm saying it's the case for me now, but I could see where business does well it continues to grow it continue to get to a point where i'm mastering the craft and then I'm, I'm largely coasting and as i'm coasting what am i embodying right am i embodying taking risks that scare me that, that open up my heart my embodying being a leader and a role model my embodying doing what i love or am i am i coasting hmm. and that's something i'm always thinking about is is it am i coasting and i think there's a difference between working yourself into a, a fervor of I got to do more. I got to do more. And there's no truth in that. But at the same time, the other side of just going, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's perfect. And then we're not really taking steps. We need to actually continue growing. So um, embodying it, checking in on that. How well are you embodying what you uh, you're learning, what you're teaching? That would be it. Wow. What's a single action step that us who are listening to this should take according to Byron? Uh, go through my 10 day challenge. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Love uh, it. So that, that would be it. I mean, day one, um, exercise one, I think is, is valid for everyone. And it's, it's really take inventory of your value, go through your life, reflect on what you embody, which means what you know, intimately, Reflect on what you've studied, what you put into your head, the stuff, the books, the courses, the seminars, the information, reflect on your skills and reflect on your experience and really brainstorm and lay all that out. Take a good 20 minutes for each of those things. And what you'll, what you'll experience when you lay everything you bring to the table out, and if you want to have fun, put a price tag on what all those things are worth not because there's any way possibly to do that, but just because it allows you to really challenge yourself to see your value. When you lay all that out, you really recognize you're playing small. You're not asking for enough. We've been conditioned 
so much of our life, if not all our life, to stop being so greedy, to stop being so selfish, to stop asking for so much because we're used to not getting what we want. We're used to it. We're accustomed to it. To recognize that you're worth way, way, way more than you think. And that exercise is designed not to just be a self-development cliche, but actually a, a way of digging into your value and really having more intimate relationship with it. So mm. everyone did a simple exercise. And I was halfway kidding, but you really, if you do want to, want to grow your business, go through the 10-day challenge. You yeah. can find it on Facebook. You can search for uh, genuine authorities and then you'll, you'll see it. But with day one of that, that's the exercise. And that's the action step I would suggest is, is to own and claim your value because no one else will claim it for you. And if you go through that, um, I guarantee you're going to have a different relationship with your worth. Yeah, I remember one person commented on that exercise and he was just like, I never saw what I was worth but I've been here and I've done that. I've experienced this. I've overcome that. Like he had like a freaking paragraph of just mind blowing things that he just totally overlooked. He totally overlooked. And um, I think that's, that was the experience that, mo that, that all of us got is just like acknowledging, Oh my God, man, if only I let myself own that, that would just change the game. So beautiful, man. Tell us, tell us where to find you. Yeah, so you can find me on, on Facebook, would be the best place, uh, Byron Van Pelt. And you can also find the, uh, the Facebook group where I ran that challenge. And I was just talking to you about this, Oliver. I'm, I'm debating if I want to run multiple challenges in the same group. But for now, a good catch-all would be that Facebook group. So once you go to Facebook and groups, search for Genuine Authorities Six-Figure Coaching Community. Genuine authorities. Uh, that's where I spend a lot of time answering questions with growing. If you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're just interested in, in creating clients of any type, I know you're going to get a lot of value out of that community. Um, and also check out my website if you want to at byronvanpelt.com. So those are the two primary ways to find me. Love it, man. Brother, it's been such a blast to interview you again on my show. Um, I appreciate our friendship. Uh, your, your support has been immense and the role that you've been playing uh, in my life and the impact it's had on my business. It's just like, it's just, I know it's just beginning. Like there's actually so much more that uh, this has catalyzed. And uh, I want to thank you for that. And I want to acknowledge you for the gift that you are. Like you really bring that true sense of uh, relaxed, calm, but potent and energized level of abundance. And that's just, you know, that's something that is a very unique quality about you. And, and I, and I appreciate it. And I, I think that everything that you are doing to make yourself available to people, to have conversations one-on-one -on -one with people doing this challenge, like you are just like really multiplying how much, you can uh, impact people and I, and I admire it, man. I look up to you. So thank you. Thank you for being who you are and thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, man, you're so welcome. And, and thank you, man. I fully received that. It's just wonderful to hear. It's just it's, it's such a, something I'm immensely grateful for to have connections like you in my life, man. And thank you for hosting just a wonderful show that you continue to pour into. And for you being you, man, for the questions that you ask in the moment, it's laughing because I know you're, you're coming up with these on the spot and it's so genuine and, and so authentic and it just speaks to just how connected you are to this. And I just so appreciate that for really holding an amazing space. And I know if you're asking questions like that with everyone you interview, it's just 
you're creating gold for everyone listening. So I, I received that and I want to let you know that as well, man. I'm so grateful for our friendship too. All right, brother. You enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thank you so much. You got it, my man. You're so welcome, man. Take care. All right. Bye now.